you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Hey there, welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys, a podcast in the BJ Impact, and I got all the Vegas Bad Boys here, and welcome to Recount, and we have three exciting uh, stories that we're going to lay out here, and we're going to discuss, if you're watching us live, we ask you to throw your comments in, That all, as always, and as we see fit, we would try to get it on to our comment stream just in case you wonder, hey, when do you do these guys go live? It's every Sunday, 8 p.m. Pacific. That's 11 Eastern. And you can uh, follow us on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, and on Twitch Live. And if you're unable to participate on our live shows, of course, you can always download this podcast on all available podcast platforms. All right. So with that, let's get right into our three count. It's time. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting present One, two, three. Count Talk. Count Talk, baby. All right, and here's our first One. from sportskeeda.com. It's titled, quote, that's why I think Cody opted out. End quote. Vince Russo on Cody Rose deciding between AEW and WWE. All right, let's go ahead and get this banner up so you can uh, know our topic. Here we go. And it reads like this. Vince Russo believes Cody Rhodes has decided to join WWE because AEW's, quote, fraternity-like feeling, end quote, is no longer the same as in 2019. Rhodes, a former AEW executive vice president, recently left the company just three years after he helped launch the company. It has been widely reported that he is set to resign with WWE and face Seth Rollins in his return match at WrestleMania 38 on April 2nd through the 3rd. Russo's WWE's former head writer told Sportskeeda Wrestling, Dr. Chris Featherstone, that AEW's backstage changes likely led to his departure. This is what he's, quote, saying. There was a fraternity-like feeling there. Uh, uh, really, uh, wait, wait, hold on. There was a fraternity-like feeling. There really was, said Russo. That's not the feeling today, bro. It's a totally different company. Honestly, that's why I think Cody opted out because, bro, I can, I could go do that same thing at WWE and probably make more money. Uh, it says here that AEW's. Oh, okay, and. When Vince Russo discusses Cody Rhodes as AEW former uh, under his former role, uh, it says that AEW president Tony Khan initially wrote the company's television shows alongside several executive executive vice presidents, including Cody Rhodes. And Khan revealed last year that the creative process changed in the late 2019s and early 2020 when he began writing storylines himself. 
Now, with this in mind, Vince Russo explained that he thinks the brotherhood between Rhodes and AEW's other executives have shifted over the last three years. This is what he's, quote, saying. I really believe that those guys, again, the AEW executive vice presidents, thought the business was going to be one thing and it turned into something completely different. And it has, Russo continued, there's no question about it, bro, it has. Remember that first introduction, it was Vegas, right? They brought these guys out one by one, and there was a brotherhood. All right. And, of course, it mentioned that Rhodes' uh, last time on television was on January 26th, uh, where he lost against Sammy uh, Guevara on Dynamite. All right, guys. So um, this right here was your topic, Mr. Michaels. What is your take on this? You think Russo's got a point or he's way off? Well, there, there's validity to it in the sense that um, he's right. It started out as a opportunity for guys who wanted to do things like Jericho talked about last week, and that is getting creative control and freedom to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remember at that Vegas uh, kickoff party, you know who wasn't prominent? A guy named Tony Khan. And most fans didn't know who the fuck this guy was at that point. Right. So, you know, it goes to show that if they were truly the ones in control, and this is, I think, what the idea was, have, you know, four or five of us or or, or so who can basically delegate the different you know, sections. Kenny, you take the women's division. You know, we're going to look into this. We'll do that. Bucks do merchandise. You know, Brandy do that, etc. And if they just had someone who was willing to be a money man and could get that TV contract, that's exactly what they wanted to do, right? You wanted to have an organization where you weren't answering to someone else, especially when ego starts getting involved, mm-hmm. right? So those guys would have had to balance each other out, right? They would have had the says, and they couldn't turn to the money man to get them to pull shit. Tony Khan became the perfect patsy. He's a money mark. And how do you make uh, guys uh, like you? By saying yes to every fucking thing they want to do. But by bringing in more guys like Punk, like uh, Brian Danielson, like Adam Cole, you're starting to bring in more egos and more guys who are going to want the top seats. Yeah. And it just fell apart for Cody. That's as simple as that. Um, You know, in, in the end, uh, unfortunately uh, for Cody, the other guys are getting more attention because they had a better relationship or able to play Tony to how they need to play him. All right, let me ask you. Let me go over here to uh, Sin City. So, man, um, man uh, I got a big got- uh, echo. Testing what? one, two. Oh. Yeah. All right. I guess everything is good. It was a big echo that just came in. Like someone turned on the mic, and it was like I was hearing myself. All right. It looked like it, it was fixed. Um. Sin City, uh, a brotherhood. 
you know, uh, apparently that's kind of the way it seems like it was over there at, at AEW. How did somehow Cody get thrown out, kicked out, or not a part of that brotherhood anymore? What What do you think took place? So, I mean, there there were rumors for quite some time that, you know, the, the EVPs were at each other's throats or that there was some infighting between the EVPs. Um, and, you know, to, to echo Michael's point, I guess, it, realistically, even a broken clock's right twice a day. Um, you know, I, I think that Michael's is pretty spot on with, with what he said there to some extent. Um, but I think that what we're seeing is that there were too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, and I think that everybody wanted to have their say. And it, it really became one of those types of situations that, you know, uh, not everybody can have exactly what they want. Um, and we're, we started to see, you know, certain people kind of take the lead on certain things and some people kind of falter to the back or, you know, not be featured as prominently. Or I think ultimately what, what really did Cody in with AEW to be a hundred percent transparent is when he lost that stipulation that he would never be able to hold the AEW world championship. I think that that, um, I don't want to say that that was a, a political move by the other EVPs to, you know, permanently screw Cody or anything like that. But if you'll notice after that happened, Cody was, you know, he was still featured very prominently because he was an established name, but he was never the, in the, in the absolute main event scene. Um, and prior to that, he was, he was up there. Right. Um, I think that, I think that it's one of those things that really is telling that. Yeah. We're I, unless Cody does a shoot interview where he just lets it rip. We're not going to know exactly what happened. Um, so at this point, we really just need to look at it from a financial standpoint. And, uh, you know, there were the rumors that Cody wanted CM Punk money and things of that nature. Whether that's true or not, again, there's no way to know until that stuff sees the light of day. But uh, definitely should make for some very interesting uh, programming or uh, very interesting content, I should say, in the next few years. Simon. Yeah, especially for Dark Side of the Ring. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, Simon Street, do you think uh, that ultimately this was a good decision for AEW to have, uh, you know, not just give Cody his wishes and to let him go? Or do you think this is, um, you know, this was a good or a bad thing? Sorry, I was on mute. Um, I don't think it was a bad thing. I think that, or at least the way that I'm choosing to see this perspective is, is, you know, um, there was some brotherhood there. All right. Um, one of your brothers just wasn't feeling what was going on right now. And subsequently wanted to part ways. I think that it was all in love. Thank you so much for everything that you've done. And, you know, whatever you got to do is whatever you got to do that kind of thing. I don't think it was a bad thing. I think that Cody just had a, a different image for himself and the career path he wanted to go on. 
and he felt probably satisfied of what he did with AEW thus far getting it started. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I mean, um, the only thing that's surprising is that, uh, you know, WWE would be the immediate choice he would go back to. Yes, it's the obvious in the end, but I just didn't think it would be so soon, but it's not bad. Not bad at all. Wish him the best of luck. We'll see what happens come uh, WrestleMania. All right, all right. Yeah, I mean, in the in the end, to look at it like this, um, Tony Khan is really basically Dixie Carter with a smaller penis. Oh, my wow. God. Hold on. Give me a second. Shame. Shame. Yeah. Shame. Yeah, well, I'm just glad that Matt Michaels doesn't have to get naked as comparison to where you got that clip from. <laughs> <laughs> I would I, I wouldn't want to see you butt naked walking down the street, brother. Oh my god. Getting whooped like that. All right, man. Let's go right into our second from wrestlinginc.com titled WWE Files Motion to Dismiss MLW's Antitrust Lawsuit. Court Bauer reacts. All right, it says WWE has officially responded to the federal antitrust lawsuit filed by MLW back in January. As noted, MLW filed the lawsuit uh, in January detailing WWE's alleged, quote, ongoing attempts to undermine competition and and monopolize the professional wrestling market by interfering with MLW's contracts and business prospects, end quote. In an update, WWE filed a motion to dismiss the lawsuit this week. WWE's motion to dismiss include a shot at MLW for giving up on competing in the ring. Quote, MLW has given up competing in the ring and chosen instead to compete in the courtroom. End quote. WWE's attorney wrote, I love that line. Uh, WWE also pointed to how MLW's narrative about other pro wrestling competitors undermines its argument against WWE. They noted how AEW and Impact Wrestling have managed to get their own distribution deals and national networks. They also noted AEW's success and how AEW recently purchased ROH. Quote, AEW's success further undercoats MLW's unsupported assertion that substantial barriers to entry exist. End quote. The WWE lawyers wrote. They continued, quote, AEW also recently purchased another promotion, Ring of Honor, from Sinclair Broadcast Group to operate as a secondary business, end quote, adding that other wrestling companies have not had issues with increasing their content output. MLW has until April 22nd to oppose WWE's motion to dismiss. WWE has until May 16th to file a reply in support of its motion to dismiss. MLW is seeking a jury trial. They are also asking for compensa uh, compensa Jesus, compensation, treble, and exemplary damages, and even injunction barring WWE from, quote, inflicting further irreparable harm through its anti-competitive and tortious conduct, end quote, and legal cost. MLW owner court, Bauer issued a response to WWE's motion to dismiss via PW Insider and said he looks forward to the case making it to court. A quote, of course, WWE is scrambling to dismiss. They don't want this thing to go to court. I look forward to that opportunity, end quote, Bauer said. WWE 
provided the following media statement back in January when the lawsuit was first filed. Quote, WWE believed these claims have no merit and intends to vigorously defend itself against them, end quote. All right, Sin City, this was your article, man. What was your uh, take when you uh, read this? Well, it, it's very interesting because um, we had covered this as a three-count topic when this lawsuit first dropped. And, uh, yeah, we, we thought that they really didn't have too much of a, of a case, to be honest, um, back then. And now it just goes on to further show that WWE actually does not have a monopoly in the business. By their own recognition, <laughs> AEW is a competitor to WWE. I just have to get that out there <laughs> for everyone to hear. WWE, can you say it again? Consider, WWE does consider AEW as competition. All right. Wow. So now that that's out there in the open and admitted by WWE's legal team, um, I, I genuinely think that um, do they have a monopoly? No. Uh, do they have. Um, certain things that they do to stifle innovation and are they great business? Uh, I believe that it, they're not doing anything illegal. Uh, I think that WWE is, uh, is a business. Um, just look at the different layers to the business itself. Um, it would be different if you had Vince McMahon himself or Nick Khan or someone of that nature commenting on this stuff but it's actually a legal team. You know, Jerry McDevitt, somebody who has represented WWE for years. Um, so they know exactly what they're doing. Um, and keep in mind, um, I think that something that was mentioned in, in the court document was that MLW, um, they actually lost all but 40,000 of the viewers from the lead-in that they got from Dark Side of the Ring um on on the the broadcast wow. so yeah it uh it, it's very interesting but i think that we, we are gonna see this uh this case i don't think it's gonna go to a trial uh, i think that wwe made their case and it's it's pretty conclusive genuinely and of course i'm not a legal or financial advisor or anything of that nature but i think that uh i i I think that they're going to get this motion to dismiss. You know, I, I watch a lot of court shows, and I'm going to say that this is going to be dismissed. Yeah, that's what all my yeah. court shows tell me. But I don't yeah. know. I yeah. could be wrong. Matt Michaels, I mean, I don't know if you watch any court shows. Maybe you you think differently, man. What's your take? Uh, <laughs> it's simple. <laughs> New Japan, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, the fucking NWA. I mean, for God's sakes, this is frivolous. It's stupid. And courts just trying to uh, get a little cash going in because they are missing out on the money they had for this uh, potential deal. So that's it. Yeah. Uh, Simon Street, man. Uh, any possible way these guys can get this to a jury? And they didn't have a better chance if they were. I don't know, hired someone from the inner reaches of hell to try oh. and fight for them. They have no chance in hell. It's just, it's impossible, man. I'm sorry. It's just, it's cute. 
That's all I can tell you. It's cute that you want to pick a big fight with the guy with the big stick. But at the end of the day, please come with some artillery. Come with some facts. Come with some shit. Hey, ML- the same shit as last time we talked about this shit. It ain't nothing really changed. Did M- MLW, they got to pay for the, the court cost for this? <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah, but they're, they're a corporation. Remember, it's different. They'll be able to, you know, write off the losses on that. Yeah. Got so. you. All right. You can write off that ass whooping. That's what you can write <laughs> off. I'm going to make my name into a corporation. So if anyone decides to ever sue me, boom. Okay. There you go. Here we go. That, that's also cute. Protect yourself. <laughs> Protect yourself and pull out D- oh, of a God. court case that you can't win. Oh, that okay, gotcha. <laughs> DJ Impact Incorporated. All right, guys, let's get into our third count. Three! From EssentiallySports.com. Titled Pro Wrestling Goat. Details concerns over Stone Cold Steve Austin's health as he prepares for WrestleMania. Now, of course, Stone Cold Steve Austin is about to give WWE one of the most infamous moments. The Rattlesnake is returning to the square circle at the showcase of the Immortals to face Kevin Owens. However, WWE has not clearly promoted as a regular match, but it has implied it. If so, then this would be Austin's first match in 19 years after retiring due to a very serious injury. Now, WWE Hall of Famer Ric Flair has expressed concerns over Austin returning to the grandest stage of them all. While it's unsure in what capacity Stone Cold will perform at WrestleMania, just the fact that he is going to be in a physical confrontation with Owens in the is alarming to many fans. And this very fact also alarms Flair. And on a recent episode of his Woo Nation podcast, Rick Flair shared his thoughts on Stone Cold Steve Austin return to WrestleMania 38. And Rick said that he cannot predict what would happen, whether it would be a simple stunner from Austin or a regular match. Flair's in the dark about it. However, Flair shared his thoughts on Steve on if Steve would want to wrestle a full match in his quote it says i think he wants to without a shadow of a doubt it's a health issue rick added quote people forget he retired at 39 end quote austin is currently 57 years old and has not wrestled in nearly two decades rick also voiced his doubts about austin wrestling at wrestlemania quote steve's in good shape he looks like a million bucks but i assume if he could wrestle he'll be wrestling full time end quote Rick also shared that he's one of Austin's biggest fans. All right. Simon Street, this was yours article. What's your take on it? Well, my whole take on it is, is at the end of the day, what, what they said in this article, which makes sense, is to what capacity is Rick Flair going to be entering in this match with Kevin Owens? That's the really biggest thing because there really has not been any type of concrete evidence saying it's going to be an actual match. Um, but that's not to say that Rick, you know, not Rick Flair isn't totally off base as he usually sometimes can be with regards to this. Uh, I think that Stone Cold could actually be in a match per se, but no more than what kind of sting is in a match these days on AEW. Uh, you're going to have maybe a couple of spots that he'll have. He'll definitely pull off a couple of stunners. Um, but outside of that, and it's more of a nostalgia factor in uh, fan service. We want to see Stone Cold come out to his own ring music, walk down the ramp, 
get his win some kind of way over Kevin Owens. And then we're throwing beers, catching beers, drinking beers, having a good old time. Oh, hell yeah. There you go. I think this is because it's just interesting. It's just interesting that this is something that someone would choose to write when they could have wrote about, hey, how exciting is it that Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to be in the ring after these many years? And, man, what a great match it would be. Okay. Let me ask you then, Mr. Sin City, Steve. Uh, I mean, is uh, is Mr. Austin taking any risk? I mean, uh, it keeps being said, well, we don't even know if he's going to have a match, but in some way we know he's going to be somehow a part in the ring doing something, I guess. Does he risk anything by doing this? So obviously the risk is always there. Um, as we unfortunately saw last week, um, anything can happen. Um, any, any kind of a minor bump, um, you know, can go wrong. Yeah. But I think that in a controlled state, I think that Austin's going to be fine. I don't, I don't see him taking any overhead belly to bellies. I don't see him taking any, uh, you know, anything that's going to jeopardize his health at this point. Uh, now the thing is, um, there's been some speculation out there that night one, which, uh, is where the KO show itself is currently pegged and slotted at. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some people that are saying that something's going to happen on that KO show and it will actually set up a legit match on night two, uh, mm-hmm. which I would absolutely love. Um, because obviously going to be there. I would love to see Stone Cold Steve Austin's final match. Um, and again, keep in mind, he uh, he his final match was against The Rock um, 19 years ago, as, as we had talked about. Um, I think that this will allow him to go out uh, in front of a home audience um, and pick up the win. Uh, now, what the match will be, I think it'll I think that it'll end up being you know, maybe, maybe Owens kicks Austin in the gut, hits him with a stunner, and then Austin no-sells it, and then hits his own kick to the gut and stunner, and it completely knocks Owens out. Uh, that that would be exactly how I would do that. You're in and out done in less than two minutes, and it's all good. Uh, it's a feel-good moment for everybody there, and uh, it's it's a good nostalgia pop. So... Yeah, I don't. I don't think that Austin really has too much of anything to worry about because he's not going to let himself get into anything that he would have to worry about. Gotcha, Mister Michaels. Is just just Flair maybe wishing for some reason it was him in this uh, <laughs> this match or uh, this whole you know or not even match, but um, you know having this moment in the ring, you know, instead of uh, Stone Cold, or or is he really concerned about uh, Stone Cold's health? Well, <clears throat> along those lines, um, <laughs> let's uh, go back to November 28th, 2006. Oh, wow. And this was uh, an article done for the Chicago Tribune um, by Kevin Eck. And uh, the Tribune newspaper is the Baltimore Sun, Chicago Tribune. So that's where it ran. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the headline on it was wrestler Ric Flair at age 57, still proving he's the man. <laughs> um, 
And uh, he was three months away from his 58th birthday. He is easily the oldest member of the active roster in uh, WWE. Uh, But while Flair's signature blonde mane has started to thin a bit, he has significantly more wrinkles. uh, But uh, he remains one of WWE's star attractions. After 34 years in the wrestling business, Flair still would rather chair over his head than take a seat in the rocking chair. So why does a man who is a grandfather continue to subject his body to frequent pounding that are predetermined, but anything but painless because I can Flair said with a laugh. And I'd be a liar if I didn't say that I like being in the spotlight and WWE still wants me to, which is the most important part of it. Uh, Flair wrestling seven to- several times a week uh, and taking the same big bumps in the ring that he took when he was in his prime. Quote, it's challenging to go out there and wrestle guys 25 years younger than me. Um, but it forces me to work out harder and stay in better shape. And it gives me an opportunity to do something that nobody else has ever done. I don't think anybody else in wrestling has ever excelled at the level at my age. It's a pretty rewarding feeling <laughs> yeah yeah um well, of course he forgot yeah that. he's Come on. he's concerned he's yeah well he of course he forgot he's fucking 95 years old um yeah, yeah. i mean let let's face it um rick flair uh, these guys who have gotten um these podcasts now um like flair like russo like Cornette, are the three biggest guys making these headlines jr let's throw him in as well those are the guys who are getting quoted with shit every fucking week because that gets people to tune into their shows so does he care no he he doesn't care <laughs> he doesn't care at all um i think he's jealous I think he wishes it was him. I think that, uh, Steve, uh, you've been drinking Meltzer Kool-Aid and thinking Bret Hart's coming in. I got a feeling Ric Flair's the one coming in for FTR. Makes way more sense. Mm. So I think Flair's (laughs) going to get back into it. I think Tony Khan is letting enough time pass by so people forget that Flair basically groped a fucking woman on a plane. And um, as soon as that passes then uh you know mr flair will not only join aew but he will probably take a fall from the top of a steel cage in a bloodbath with mjf uh just for fuck's sakes because tony khan cannot say no to a wrestler especially guy fucking rick flair's uh you know reputation and and uh that's 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 about it. Um, maybe, maybe that's part fine. of the brotherhood. Maybe that's part of the brotherhood is you have to give blood. It's like a blood uh, offering. Um, I don't know if it's a brotherhood. It sounds more like a fucking uh, pact with the devil. <laughs> um, so and Wasting knowing your Flair, and there's you know yeah. probably has that pact with the devil. So, uh, but Austin will be fine. You could fucking wrestle a match. There's, he's the guy never fucking did wrestling 
freaking flips and flops. Right. So he knows how to fucking compete. And Kevin Owens is also not a flippy floppy guy, too. So it's perfect. They'll yeah. be fine. And and Owens will protect him. Right? Oh, yeah. That's the other thing we forget. Here, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, Owens will bump like a boss for him. He will. Yeah. In fact, he's probably going to do like a high. I mean, if, if a table comes out or something like you better believe Owens is going to go through it or something. I'm, I'm almost more than certain. It ain't going to be uh, Austin. Well, Austin doesn't even need it. I mean, he's never needed that. All he needs is to get that stunner on him. Yeah. Basically. And that's, you know, that's it. I mean, and honestly, the, is there really that much? So think about it. If you do an actual match, what do fans do 90% of the time during a match? They're sitting and watching and maybe chanting some shit. And that's yeah, it. That's true. Yeah. So if you know if they do it, it will be a quicker match, and that will be fine. But most likely, it will probably be Kevin shooting his mouth off. Yeah, that that. Uh... There we go. Wow. I don't know well, what happened there. Obviously, DJ Impact. Uh, Playing flippy. Kick, kick yourself out, man. Yeah, I guess so. And I'm back. Did you finish your thought? I'm sorry for all of that. It's the technical people around. Yeah, if you would have listened. I know. You didn't listen to him, man. That's so mean. Damn, dude. Oh. You man. know what? You know what? It's this type of brotherhood, man, that makes people just up and leave and go to different companies well you know what you keep messing around and i will go to a different podcast how about that how about that <laughs> i could just see impact in there with freaking uh motherfucker that should be <laughs> hilarious <laughs> oh man all right good stuff guys um we hope all of you enjoyed three count today and um or whenever you're listening to it feel free to join us uh Three count usually comes in at around 8.50-ish, around that time on Sundays, Pacific Standard Time. We always throw three uh, topics out there, and uh, if you want to join in and have comments, feel free to throw them in. And if you're just listening to us, you're downloading the podcast, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for doing that. We're about to uh, give our final thoughts for the week, and... Um, one more time, I just wanted to to just mention that um, you know we we lost a good one this past week, uh, fellas. Um, Scott Hall. You know, one thing I could tell you one uh, that I've enjoyed is that when you get through listening to all of of all the great things that everyone had to say about Scott, I love the fact that they concentrated just on those good things. It didn't concentrate because, you know, man, we all we all got issues, man. You know, we all have our vices and things we have to deal with, you know. But the main thing is that, you know, we get back up and we keep trying and we just go. We, we keep going. And that's what Scott Hall did. And uh, I just appreciate, you know, what he did for the industry of professional wrestling, man. I, uh, you know, he was definitely one of the ones as I was getting to, in, you know, getting into wrestling and coming to enjoy uh, what I love about it today. He was one of the ones who put the stamp on it, uh, knowing that I'm going to get a chance to see 
uh, Razor Ramon come out and um, throw a toothpick at someone or, you know, remind him that he's the bad guy and all that. I was look forward to that. And so um, he's definitely going to be missed. I, you know, again, I, I, I always admit that I, I, one of the things I, I missed during the, you know, during the WCW days is, is when the, is when that whole kind of transition with NWO, uh, you know, got started. I did see the initial because a lot of noise was being made. It's no way that you could watch wrestling and not know that Kevin Nash and Scott Hall was on another channel. You know, it, 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 no way you could not know that. So that just shows you just how uh, important of a character he was. I had to flip the channel and see what was going on. And, um, and, and, you know, although I didn't follow NWA through his full, um, I can I can just tell that um, you know what he meant to being in the organization of WCW at that time. Anyway, that's my thing, man, and um, uh, I'm gonna pass it over to uh, you all to have whatever final thoughts you have for the week. You just want to say, and uh, we'll take it from there. Um, how about you, Simon Street? Uh, pr- pretty much well said uh, with regards to uh, Scott Hall. Um, I'll add one thing to that. You know, um, I think a huge part of our lives, if you are in the age range of probably your 30s to probably 50s, maybe 55, um, it was a good time. You know, um, I remember uh, during the times of, uh, you know, particularly the NWO, uh, you know, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall um, coming together and, you know, getting with Hulk Hogan. Uh, it was just so cool because we would walk around high school and we were we were trying to be literally the outsiders. That's what we was trying to do. We was really trying to do that. The two sweet, a lot of that real talk originated from that, from just those two guys alone. Uh, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, too sweet. Um, a lot of that swag that we all had. I remember times doing wrestling moves that probably was probably really dangerous now that I think about it in the middle of class with a teacher that didn't, didn't fucking, she's probably on Xanax and never stopped us, I think. (laughs) But it was amazing because we were all trying to be like either Kevin Nash, but most of us was trying to be like Scott Hall, just cool ass fucking dude gave no shits. But as to what many people said, you know, he was just a good, a good guy all around, just a sweet individual. And so it's always good to hear those those stories because we don't get to hear that so often sometimes. And so uh, like like Impact, and I'm sure the rest of y'all say he will definitely sorely be missed. Um, I don't think there's going to be anybody else that can fill in them shoes quite like him. Um, outside of that, everybody, thank you for listening to the show. I hope that you enjoyed our banter back and forth mixed in with a nice little bunch of small minimal facts, but a lot of opinions. We appreciate doing this for you, and we hope that uh, if you saw us for the first time, we piqued your interest and you'll come back just solely just to see, Hey, uh, you know, does Matt Michaels know everything there is about why AEW stinks? Does Sin City Steve truly, truly, truly is the last Paragon night of AEW and does impact really, 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 really honestly get this excited over some of the craziest things. And last but not least, does Simon street ever shut the fuck up? (laughs) If these things interest you, please follow us. Send us a like, send us some feedback, uh, send impact some money. You know, he does favors for you. If you send that money in, he, you know, he'll do, he'll come to your house. Unlike Moose Shame. and do some things for you. <laughs> Shame. Anyways, y'all I'm done. Shame. Have a good one. 
Uh, <laughs> Sin City Steve, man. <laughs> Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight, liking, sharing, subscribing, doing all the stuff that you guys do. Um, we do this show for you. Um, obviously, we've all talked about Scott Hall. Um, I don't, I don't want to step on anybody's toes or you know use up a bunch of time. Um, we did lose a great one, and uh, as a wrestling fan, uh, one of the my my first live show that I ever went to, uh, he was in the main event at the Cincinnati Gardens, and uh, we were poor, and um, it was uh, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon was my was my favorite wrestler at the time, and uh, it was just the coolest thing. Uh, we were all the way up in the nosebleeds, and that was the very first memory that I have was you know cheering on my favorite wrestler at the time and uh it just sucks but uh in any event um fast forward i did have the opportunity to meet scott hall on several occasions um three occasions and every time he was completely cordial one of the one of the nicest guys uh in the business that i've ever met and um yeah uh thank you and uh anyway um Special thanks to all of the brave men and women uh, serving this country, whether you're on lands foreign or domestic. Uh, thank you for doing what you do. So it enables us to do what we love to do. And last but not least, repsports.com, reppsports.com. Go there for all of your pre-workout, weight loss, general energy needs. Again, that's repsports.com. Use promo code Vegas at checkout. Save yourself 15%. Awesome. Mr. Matt Michaels. Hey, uh, anyone listening who uh, might follow uh, Ricardo Rodriguez on social media, um, he uh, he's had a rough couple days and uh, is uh, checked into a hospital. Uh, he's had a relapse um, for uh, for drinking, um, and um, we're hoping that um, you know this helps him out, but. Uh, get a chance just uh look him up on social media and uh give him a shout out let him know that you're thinking about him and um you know um uh, hopefully um there there is a little um hopefully some help coming his way uh through the proper channels um so if um uh, you know if you get the time just uh just let him know uh that you're thinking about him and uh again if anyone is ever suicidal please uh you know know that there's places you can turn uh and uh get a little help uh before it's too late absolutely all right with that thank you all for uh for listening and uh we will see you back next week when we do it all over again all right take care peace Biggest bad boys of podcasting.